One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue, but the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just just fine. There's Jughead and Betty, and Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops. And mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damaged, damn, damn, damn Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? Welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, or should I say, Damn Fine Coffee and Pie, because we're entering a brief Twin Peaks adventure. And in order to get to Twin Peaks, we are covering the lead-up to Twin Peaks, which, weirdly enough, starts pretty concretely with the movie we're talking about today, 1984's Dune. I am not joined alone. I also have a bevy of beautiful, wonderful people alongside me. Starting with Luke. Hello, Luke. Hey, Andrew. How do you know that you're not here alone? Maybe we're just your inner voice. Mm, I don't think my inner voice is quite as beautiful. I need therapy. <laughs> also, we're joined by Jason. Hello, Jason. Oh, you know, I'm just here jerking off a cat. For the, uh, <laughs> for Zoom. science. For science. For science. You needed the antidote <laughs> for what we don't know. Sophie is also here. Hello, Sophie. Hello. I just have to say very briefly, uh, Andrew, you don't have your video on, but um, the other two co-hosts are just looking really fabulous. So I just want to congratulate all of you on just being beautiful wonderful human beings that i miss a lot that is all thank you you as well sophie oh Oh, there he is here comes Andrew. yeah hello andrew is are you under a blanket with a flashlight (laughs) yep i i am under a blanket because i'm uh working on the acoustics because i'm a podcast (laughs) professional i love it um yeah so We are talking about uh, David Lynch's Dune, and I'll be honest, this is the first time I saw it. Uh, I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Uh, We'll we'll kind of go through it and kind of get everyone's... Are you you still uh, a huge David Lynch fan? (laughs) I am, but, uh, you know, if I need sleep aid, I know where to go, and it is (laughs) the first hour of this movie. Uh, Oh, this movie only an hour? Because I would say I would I would say uh, the entirety of it is a good sleep aid. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Uh, (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna kind of get into everyone's experience. So I I am um what is the word? Oh yeah, I fucking hate Dune as a property. I just find it tremendously boring. I've never found it interesting. I don't give a shit about the spice unless it's on some potatoes. Um, So that's a whole rack of them. Oh, the spices on his potatoes. Rack spices, um, pumpkin, all of them. So I want to go now to Jason, who I want to know his history with Dune, what he thought of this movie, and how wrong I am. You're not wrong. Um, I definitely, I'm going to guess, and probably the person that has the most love for this um, story. I've read, now it's been tw- about 20 years because I'm very old. Um, I read the, all, <laughs> all uh, six of these books when I was in high school. Um, there's in, six books? There's six books. Oh, there's more than that, actually, because his son Holy finished them. Shit. I have not read the books his son wrote. And I think there's some short stories, too, I haven't read. But the the original um, lineup um, of books, um, you know, um, I have one read. Could ar- one could argue that uh, one movie does not do six books justice. Well, this is just covering the first book. Um, but the first book itself gotcha. is 700 pages and incredibly complex. And we'll talk about how, why this movie misses, I think. I think I can give some insight. So I don't remember all the details of the book, but I know enough to know why this movie kind of fails. Um, I'm also a huge Lynch fan. Um, love almost all of his movies. This is really the big exception for me. Like, I don't think 
um, having rewatched this movie, um, I think it might be his worst movie. I do think it's an incredibly difficult story to try to tell. Um, and this is a movie, though, I loved as a kid for some reason. This explains probably why I'm demented now. That, um, that explains why every time we chat, you're like fucking flying in the air because you pumped it up your suit full of helium and you're just fucking laughing at all. <laughs> the Baron is incredibly strange in this movie. It's not really um, – it's one of the biggest changes actually from the book to the movie strange um, is an understatement i he would doesn't say doesn't fly he do- well the idea in the book is that he is bigger and he's not able to support his own weight because he's kind of a but he doesn't fly like this because um, the boils on his face are just he doesn't like have the boils down. on his face there's other Wait, problematic he's... shit about him though that i guess we can get into but you probably want to cover uh, you know there's so much i could talk about this but you well, we'll... get to those people for sure, for sure. We'll kind of we'll kind of just going around the ha- handle with everyone's first uh, first thoughts and first experiences with all that. So for, we'll get into it. And what's also nice is that uh, you know eventually all of that knowledge uh, I'll probably steal because this this is also a movie that I will eventually cover on my other podcast, Triassic Park, because there's some big warmy boys. So you can cover the miniseries instead, maybe. Uh, no, that's in 2000. So that's outside oh, yes, 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 of yes, my yes. poopy oh, bitch. Sorry. Um, Luke, what is your experience with Dune as a concept, and what did you think of this movie? Uh, I I had never had the uh, the want to watch Dune, but I I'd known of its of its existence for a while. Uh, and about the only thing that made me want to be any at all interested in it is the fact that uh, Denny Villeneuve was uh, remaking it with an outstanding cast and the fact that I was just so excited to get on here and talk to you guys about it, that uh, if, if it wasn't for that fact, I would have shut this movie off 10 minutes in because I exceedingly not into it. Mm. <clears throat> All that to How, say, are that you, I, I, are I you into like sci-fi in general? Like, is this like your preferred genre or like, I mean, you know, not, uh, you know, a porny sci-fi because we all know that you're, you're <laughs> into perversions of science perversions but, you know. of science is my jam uh I, he's uh, really the jeffrey tubin of sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> perversions of science can't handle me the science. luke hey, luke yo, your camera's on still luke <laughs> <laughs> oh. perversions of science wishes it were me on zoom <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I don't even know what that means. I, I didn't, it didn't make sense when it came out of my mouth, to be honest with you. So it's, uh, I, I do really like sci- sci-fi is definitely my thing. It's just this weird, uh, this, this, this very specific, uh, version of sci-fi is uh, apparently definitely not my thing. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really even know how to describe it. But I would like, think there's a strong argument that Dune isn't even science fiction. Honestly, it's Ooh, it's like, it's like yeah, the weird science like science fan- like it's kind of like <laughs> fantasy <laughs> mixed with science fiction. It's way more closer to fantasy, I would say, than science. right. And and fantasy definitely is not. It's definitely not my realm of expertise because I I, I just don't know why. Like even with. Uh, like Game of Thrones being kind of like a fantasy, like medieval type of things definitely wouldn't have seemed like my type of thing. But I actually really love Game of Thrones minus the last few seasons. And uh, most of the, most anything medieval-esque uh, film-wise, it was never really my cup of tea. But getting into this, like even old like Star Wars, like as it is now, like... I do still love Star Wars, but even nowadays, I I recognize that if I had come into it later in life, I might not have been as into it. Right. Uh, I would also say Star Wars is definitely fantasy, not sci-fi. Absolutely. And that's why, like, like, if I were to come into Star Wars now, that's why I said, if I were to come into Star Wars now, like, it would probably not be my thing. And this just, this was kind of a chore for me to get through. Uh, but I was kind of into some of like I because the all the weird David Lynchian things kind of also I uh, me being not a huge David Lynch uh, like devotee, uh, some of that stuff was a little weird, too. But it was actually making it a little bit more entertaining for me to watch. 
Uh, but also, you know, like the worms were kind of cool. I, I liked some of the action and stuff, but ultimately, like, this is definitely not something I would ever uh, watch again. But it does make me interested to see what somebody like uh, Denis Villeneuve will do with it because it's so weird and so out there. I'm just I'm curious to see if he can kind of make this more palatable to someone like me. Right, right. Yeah, that'll, that, that, that'll definitely be interesting. Sophie, what is your experience with the Dunenator? <laughs> so I have never read the book or seen the movie, <clears throat> read any of the books or seen the movie. And so my experience with this has all been, this property in general has all been filtered through one of my very best friends, whose name is Reed. And he loves the Dune books. They are his love. Having met that guy, that, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. So, like, when we were growing up, back in the day when you had AIM screen names, his AIM screen name was Paul Atreides because, like, his name is Reed. So it was, like, Paul, Paul at Reedies, basically. Um, and, yeah, he just, like, he loves the shit out of this. And maybe not the movie. Definitely not the movie, but the books. Um, and I remember, like... Um, folks who have heard me on other podcasts may know that like Reed, I consider Reed to be my horror godfather. Like he's the person that got me into horror movies. And I remember when we were in high school, we were helping our friend shoot a horror movie for a film class he was taking. And there was a part of the thing where I had to like sit in a dark room in the basement by myself um, and weird stuff was going to happen around me. And I was very afraid to be down there by myself. And Reed taught me the litany of fear mm. to like help calm me down. Um, and like uh, probably all through high school and college, I had it memorized having no other context for Dune outside of that, but would just like recite it to myself whenever I was scared. Um, so it was very interesting to see this movie. Um, I'm sort of with with Luke where it didn't work for me. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. It, it really was bananas. But the other thing that I have to say that's a complete non sequitur is... What is the name of the guy who originally was going to direct this? Joe Joe Dorosky. Oh, Joe Dorosky. Jo- yes. I think I think like there's a just great knowing, documentary about that. Yeah, well. like that's Jodorowsky's what I've heard. Yeah, Dune, um, and just knowing Alejandro Jodorowsky's filmography, like I just feel like that is the movie I really wanted to see out of this because mm-hmm. it just seems like it's even more crazy than this. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest, like, I just kind of, as we were talking about it, I think that my problem with Dune is there doesn't seem to be a single ounce of comedy, like, of levity, or, like, a character, like, you know, a a character not, like, taking themselves super, ooper, duper Mm -hmm. seriously. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I get that. You know, not not everything needs comedy, right? Like I I I'm a one of some of my favorite. Uh, you needed the Jar Jar Binks I, in this movie. Is that what you're? No, talking no, about? no, 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 no. I was just going <laughs> to say that like uh, Andre Tarkovsky is like one of my favorite film directors, and he makes very serious movies, and he's made very serious sci-fi movies, like four-hour Russian movies where people just argue about like why what it means to be human. It's like I love that, but right. for whatever reason, as soon as people start like making up fake names. And then just being like, on oh, the spice, you got to get the spice. And then like some weird fetus thing shows up and it's like, hey, Emperor okay, wait, Man. hey, Emperor Man, you got to have the spice. And, you know, um, you know, yeah, get like the, how he, uh, you add a little like Italian flair to that. Like, you got to have the spice. Like, the <laughs> you got to have the spice. I'm a weird fetus, man. <laughs> well, here, here's my here's my moment of levity, which is that my non sequitur was going to be I had the day off today. And I was cleaning my entire apartment for most of the day. And all these lovely gentlemen allowed us to record late so I could finish the movie because I spent a lot longer than I anticipated cleaning. But I, I had heard of the documentary Jodorowsky's Doom, Dune. And so like all day today while I was cleaning, I just kept thinking, what's the name of the guy who originally directed Dune? And all I could think was Ronda Rousey. And I was like, that's not right. <laughs> But so from that now on, it's just going to be Ronda Rousey's Doom. 
Ronda Rowdy's Dune is just as problematic as the current Dune. <laughs> just uh, as just weird. Really, they just really so, ramped it up. So I think the <laughs> problem with this film is actually the book in a way, because the book isn't... It, when I say I don't think Dune is a sci-fi, what I mean is it's not really... not nothing. It isn't about things happening. It's really a treaty on, like, a treatise on, like, political and philosophical and all sorts of, like, ideas, but it's not really about things happening, which is why you kind of get this movie where it's just a whole bunch of inner voice dialogue, because really, there's not a lot, the main character really doesn't do anything in the book, really, right? So it's not about that. It's about... It's okay, about wait, it, it, I'm sorry. It, this is a book where the main character doesn't do anything. Is that what you really. just told me? Not really. It, it's it's about you know, he doesn't have a lot of I mean, keep in mind in the book, he's not he's not Kyle McLaughlin's age. He's like a young teenager. He's like a kid. Right? So like there's so, so so the book is basically what you're saying is it's less about the main character doing something and more about uh uh, detailing the things that are happening. Right, correct. Which is why it starts with, which is accurate, which starts with, like, detailing the world through the that monologue of the princess, right? So she's telling you all this stuff. So really, the book is sort of an exposition narrative which, about... With everything going on in this movie, you need to understand... Uh, There's not too much I'm to understand is kind of my point. Yeah, you know well, I mean? and yeah I gotcha. And, and not that this movie, like, not that I'm advocating for a movie to have a huge info dump that literally explains every single thing that you're not going to remember throughout the rest of the movie. Well, but yes, like, yeah, there's um, so there's so much to there's so much again that it is. And I, I my one of my, one of the first things I thought is like, I I can't follow this. Like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. So, but before you like if, when you actually went to go see this thing in in theaters back in the day. They would literally hand you a glossary like they, they had like a whole bunch of like uh, ancillary supplemental information that they would hand out to you before you watch this movie because that's, of like how many like crazy words and things yeah. like that that they had. Well, to. It also gets wrong a bunch of stuff, right? So okay, but, like so like how does it get is it wrong? So the, like, the weirding they keep referencing, right, is actually like a martial art in the book. Like it's. It's like a, it, it appears people like teleport and stuff and have magic, but there's not real magic. Like they're just so fast moving because they're incredible martial artists, right? It, there's no the Baron doesn't fly like he does in the movie, which is fine. I think that's a stylistic <laughs> choice, right? Um, but ultimately, the thing that's wrong the most, the thing that gets wrong <laughs> the most is the idea of Dune is there is no good people in imperialist societies, right? So the idea is Paul Atreides is not a god. He thinks he's a god, right? When he sits on the throne at the end of Dune in the book, it's very clear he's not who he thinks he is. And he's not going to be good for people necessarily, right? This movie makes it out to be that he's like some actual god and it rains down on Dune. That does not happen in the book. Well, because he's he's working towards defeat. It, the movie will have you believe he's working to defeat evil, because he's working to go against and they are, these. But the idea is they're right. all evil, because they're oh, all okay. using people and they're all abusers of power and they're all sort of, you know, even Paul, who thinks he's a good person, is really just abusing the common person, right? So that's why I think a lot of people love Dune as a book because it's so ahead of its time in terms of a book that was written in the mid 60s, right? Before science fiction really was, you know, uh, I mean, science fiction existed, but science fiction like this, that was about like incredible world building and um, so philosophically oriented, it really takes no time to talk about like the mechanics or like the science behind things. That's kind of why I say I don't think it's a science fiction per se. It's sort of, about people and social structures and how those social structures empower, right? Spice is a clear um, analogy to like something like oil, right? Where you're sure. using, where it's a power grab and people are getting abused and 
driven down. And I think all of that is lost in this movie, right? So, uh, like, right. <clears throat> I, you know, in the silliness of the Lynchian silliness that happens in this movie, I actually kind of have the opposite reaction to Andrew. Like, I think um, it needs to take itself a little bit more seriously. And, and ultimately, I don't think it's a great medium for film. I don't have a lot of, I know people love Denis Villeneuve. Um, I think uh, I'm going to have the same reaction I did to his uh, Blade Runner, and people are going to talk about like they love it on the internet, and I'm going to be snoring. Oh my god, the doll! Like <laughs> we can't get you. You know yeah, what? I'm just glad that I don't ever have to talk about that Blade Runner for any podcast I have right now, because then people will still talk to me because I have very hot, spicy takes on that movie. <laughs> um, um, by the way, I think um, he's made movies that I love. So I'm not uh, saying oh, that. Arrival is like uh, amazing. I that amazing. movie. Arrival is, so Blade Runner is what it is. Blade Runner is what it is, but that movie looks amazing. It does. It does. And I'm gorgeous. sure Dune will look amazing too. I'm sure Dune will look amazing. Right? Oh, absolutely. Is, absolutely. Yeah. I have no. I have no doubt that Doom or Dune uh, by Denis Villeneuve will look astounding. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I, I I'm waiting to see if he if he will make this more palatable because Blade Runner again is another movie. Uh, in my adulthood that I've been meaning to catch up with that I never saw and I still haven't seen it because I, I watched Blade Runner and I was I, I watched Dennis Denny Villeneuve's Blade Runner. I was like, eh, maybe that's not for me. It's actually, yeah, that you know, what, that's actually pretty, pretty spot on because it is kind of very it's in very much in the flavor of the original Blade Runner. I'll say that at least so. Uh, then, then yeah, that's definitely probably not a movie that's going to be for me. Cause I, again, I love the way it looks. I think Ryan Gosling is pretty good in it and there's some things that I do like about it, but it, it is a movie that did not connect with me. Yeah. No, I, I think mean, that's Prisoners is a phenomenal movie. I think, uh, I like enemy quite a bit as well. I just, well, I mean, we all love David Lynch. Uh, yeah. I mean like, uh, not, like Luke is just like not super experienced. <laughs> so we'll kind of, we'll kind of see as we go on. Uh, my experience with David Lynch is very, very limited and not, Right. Because I haven't been interested. It's just because none of his stuff has ever really crossed my uh, my path through my trying to catch up with things throughout right. my life and everything. So it's just not, yeah. never something that came up. No, um, not everybody has time for everything. I think I think what's interesting about this movie is that for about an hour and a half, I can see all of the Lynchian elements and these little weird interesting i think like my favorite scenes of them are like of this movie are the ones that are so clearly lynch inspired like that opening introduction to the baron where like the baron is like floating around take some mm. take some things out of some person's chest and is just like rubbing his face in some like their black heart goo. tube or something and and I was like, like, oh, yeah yeah so right. the baron when that's happening in the baron i want to i want to talk about something that i think um it's trying to allude to and i'm not sure if lynch just didn't like what happened in the book and rightfully so the idea in the book is the baron is a very much like a super rich he's super smart in the book which he's not in the movie um and he's also sort of a pedophile so, oh, uh, so well. the idea is, I think they're that. If you notice that that dude's like a little kid almost, or like a younger guy, like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and sort of the idea. And I don't. There's people who read this differently. I've always read it as an adult, thinking back on it, like something I think is really problematic about the book is I think it's sort of hinted. He's the only character that's even hinted at being sort of homosexual as well, well yeah, so they're sort of he, saying he loves vade at some point right is vade the stings character's name is that what his name is what, i don't remember for, the blonde what? the blonde uh so one of the one of those blonde dudes but isn't uh, isn't that his isn't that his nephew aren't the oh, aren't they, oh they, sting you're talking about sting. yeah sting. yeah sting's, yeah, 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 okay. uh, stings character Yes, Vade, yeah. I think is his name. Yeah. At one point, oh. he has that, that inner thought where he says something about, yes. I love you, Vade, yeah, or something. Yeah, I guess that, that, I mean, that's not his thing in the book, though. So I think they're just trying to, like, work that in. You know what I mean? As far as I remember, maybe somebody who's read the book more recently or whatever would correct me on that. But, like, I, I, I sort of think back on it, like, it's kind of gross. Like, it's sort of saying, like, homosexuality is, like, perversion. And it oh, goes so along it's with like, it's Perversity? like equivocating homosexuality yeah. and pedophilia. Not just that. Yeah, like if, that yes, Sophie. Yes. In, yes. Agreed. In, agreed, Sophie. Yeah. But also equivocating homosexuality with like being uber rich and perverse. You know what I mean? But also the fact right. that he's got a disease. 
He doesn't in the book, really. Yes, he, I thought. I thought that would that that. Okay, not I thought like, he's I not like physically saying. deformed like he is. Right, the, right. And also, by um, the way, he's the father of Paul Atreides' mother in the book. Oh, what? The okay. the he's Paul's and, grandfather. Yeah, yeah, on that side, I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's you guys, are, you guys are connecting in the dots way too know. fast for me. This is when you know you're in some fucking fantasy universe when you actually know the fucking back to their like grandfathers the on both sides. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, my grandfather on my second side, he had some you know how, good like, legs. hilarious it is that we're talking about a sci-fi fantasy book and one of the characters is just named Paul? Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the names are... With names like Vade and like all this other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think that sort of happens. In, actually, I really think Game of Thrones is a good analogy for the story because it is very much about like houses and um, lineages. Yeah, I, and... I, I definitely like pick that up. But again, what I think like the reason I like Game of Thrones is that it will tell all of that. But like we'll also like realize how there's some inherent comedy and and <laughs> insanity and like there's other there's other elements other than like yes the whole world is dark and dreary and all power <laughs> structures are bad and we fuck each other sure. over and I'm like yeah, yeah obviously but also you know you, you can just tell a joke and there's a gesture that, that is, you can do a little dance before he gets his head cut off the you know thing about Game of Thrones right uh, I'm the my, old, my whole thing about the Baron. My whole thing about the Baron is he started floating, like, the whole sequence where he's just uh, overacting and doing all this stuff, and then he just starts floating. I'm like, that, that's my dream, is to just be floating above <laughs> everybody and just laughing hysterically <laughs> for no reason. Nice. No, that's a, you know, that's a solid dream. That's a solid dream. Sorry, so what I was saying is I, I feel like half of the movie, there's like three quarters of the movie where I can see David Lynch, and then that last act, I don't see Lynch at all. Like the that last act when there's like when there's like a big giant battle and he's showing up with all the worms and it's all this stuff and I'm like this is the least Lynch shit I've ever seen because like yeah. that is like so that is like everything that you 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 get in a Lynch movie that you don't expect from Lynch right because like take take Twin Peaks right Twin Peaks a Return is like anti everything that you think you want like that's what the entire thing is. And then yeah, there's this a whole story. episode that is like completely inexplicable. If you were going to try to explain, is it episode seven? If you've been trying to explain that episode to someone who didn't watch it, it would be impossible. Which we're going to do on this podcast, and it's going to be amazing. I that's what it's called. Yeah. So is that the really more Hollywood, the more Hollywood. So that's just more. Uh, I think studio I said, "Hey, you need to have this thing in your movie." Dude, yeah, so. and I also think I that, that. Um, this is like, like again, this is like really, really early Lynch. Like, he had, like, this is his biggest... But he's like, made a great mainstream movie in The Elephant Man already. Okay, uh, yes, he has, but, like, that's a different... He Yeah, it's a good movie. But that is a good movie, but, like, it's also, like, it's I bet you... It's a super different like, medium. It's a, it's a different type of, of thing, right? Because it's not supposed to make money, right? Like, this was made that they spent a yeah. lot of money on I this. Agree. And it was like there was a lot of money riding on it, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, he, so he doesn't really have the power I think to kind of forty like, million dollar budget, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they made three. like thirty million. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know what really this feels like to me, and I'm gonna make an analogy to like a really similar, a, a recent movie, which is the last Star Wars movie. Like, no, you're it's trying... not that bad. It's not that bad. What I mean by that, though, bad. is that he's trying not no to do... Babu Frick. Daddy! Fucking throw that thing into a microwave. <laughs> I thought what you I were going to go it? back to... I thought you were going to go back to Ryan Johnson actually trying to do something with Star Wars. No. And it, you know, oh, like, I love that well, movie. Uh, I think I, The Last you know, Jedi is a good movie, though. I, I yes. think I think what J.J. Abrams is, is trying good. to do is jam in a whole bunch of exposition to change yeah. the story... And then he's trying to rush to a bunch of action at the end, and that's kind of what happens in this movie too. Yeah, right? I was because because oh, yeah. the the action was starting, and then I was, then I checked the time because I had to like pause it to go do something, and then I was like, oh, I thought like there was like a forty minutes or something left, and I was like, no, there's like twenty minutes. Like they are and, rushing through yeah. this. It's like yeah. all of a sudden, bam, all the worms are showing up. And there's no like, time Whoa. for Lynchian shit in in that action. You know, there's no time for yeah. it. There's no time for that insanity. It's just like let's get to the. 
I mean, it is kind of silly that they're all fucking riding with ropes, those giant worms. I mean, in and of itself, you know? Yeah. Isn't that, um, more, isn't that more indicative indicative of the fact that uh, maybe David Lynch wasn't the right voice oh, to no. bring this movie to the... I don't think anyone the... can make this movie. Um, right. But also, uh, just opinion. while we're on it, while we're on it, uh, he was originally intended, he was one of the names uh, thrown around for Return of the Jedi, and I just think that would have been amazing. Like David oh, Lynch. That been <laughs> like, can you imagine can one of you... fucking do- Jabba the Hutt by, with, by Lynch? Like, <laughs> oh, he would just, like, God. float around. And... <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan playing Jabba the Hutt? Can one of you explain to me because Lynch, because I also wait, wait, wait. know What's all the background of this? Like, can one of you explain to me what happened with this movie as far as the like shift throughout directors? Because it seems like there were several <laughs> oh. folks that tried to do this movie and then it just kept. How did so we I, get? How did we get here? I think what the the long the the easiest way to explain what happened because there's a, a very famous documentary about Jodorowsky's version of this film that was about to happen, and I think the most easy way to explain why that fell apart was because it was totally by the seat of his pants, and he just like and he was getting so far ahead, and then he just like he couldn't get like he was basically he improved an entire movie and like he just got to the point where he didn't have money to pay all these people like got because it. he didn't have the funding he just he just got everyone interested in a project and started bringing them on and started bringing them on and started doing this oh yeah you know what orson wells you can be in this movie because we'll give you the most delicious food every day and he's like oh orson wells is like Wow. Oh, wow. I just smacked my fucking thing. Like, yeah, that's, me. that's a Orson real Orson Welles move. Yeah. Your yeah. Just smack, smack your microphone. Frozen peas. No. Um, but you know, that's how he, <laughs> that's how he got, uh, like, or like Orson Welles, but it, it wasn't with like, a contract. It was a like, Hey, we'll get you the best food ever. Well, mm-hmm. you want you, cause he was in a restaurant and like Orson Welles, like the only thing I want to do is to eat this food made by this man and never bother with Hollywood again, until of course they call me for Transformers the movie, as that is hot. <laughs> um, but he, he said he would like hire the the guy who was at the restaurant to make him food every day, and then he brought on like Dan O'Bannon. Uh, who was like the writer of like aliens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He just brought him on and was just like, Hey man, like, Hey, you, there's a last minute thing. If you want to be in this movie, you have to fly out to Paris right now. Or like, I don't know if it was Paris. I think it was Paris, but like, and wow. Dan O'Bannon like threw out, threw everything out of his life and just flew to Paris. And like when he eventually he got there and he was working for months and months and months. And then everyone was like, Oh yeah, no one's got like paid yet. There's no money. Like there's no, nobody has money for this. But, but like, I, I think mean- it's, excitement the excitement that and all these people that were like brought in as like potential people to be in the like in the movie i think kind of ended up making this version of the movie happen just because there was like this like shell but like the shell didn't actually have but this version that we watched was entirely david lynch it wasn't like joe dorowski started it and it switched to lynch this is all lynch and the thing about yes, is yes, that this accurate? is his okay. vision. Is that, I would say okay. this. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I think about Jodorowsky too. Is he's like um, I would use the word like a true art. Like he doesn't give a fuck about money. Like the only reason why anyone knows Jodorowsky's name, and I love Jodorowsky, is because like John Lennon and Bob Dylan saw El Topo and put it in a whole bunch of fucking <laughs> art film houses because he's just like he's his films are like anti films, right? He's not the right oh, person for this film either and i love him i love him oh, to death. I, yeah but I mean, he, yeah. he's like the, if you watch holy mountain it's an incredible experience el topo is an incredible experience but you cannot get like a coherent film out of that but this one would be less coherent than it is today oh of course if oh no there'd be there would be absolutely no coherence we would have no fucking idea if go to Ross made this <laughs> but, thing, it yeah. would just be like a, a glorious landscape of like floating penises and something. Yeah, basically. because he wanted he wanted H.R. Geiger to like design all the stuff for this movie, and because of like H.R. Geiger being attached to this and Dan O'Bannon being attached to it, that's how Alien got made. Basically, is because mm-hmm. both these people had co- contact oh, wow. over this movie that didn't happen. Uh, and then that's kind of been like Dan O'Bannon would it be like the Ridley Scott was like, hey, you should get this guy. He's like because well, Ridley Scott was on for this film as well. Right. At one point. Right. Director. Right. I did see that on the Wikipedia. It's I like also, such a wild movie. 
really fascinating, again, just because I had very minimal experience. Of course, I feel like if you're a person who cares about film at all, like, you will have some kind of background knowledge about Dune and just, like, how it tried to happen. Like, again, I am familiar with, I am aware of this documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune, which I'd not seen. And... And I so I was reading the Wikipedia and reading all the directors that were attached and then also just reading about uh, David Lynch, like being so unhappy after the fact with this movie that he yeah. used the Alan Smithy name, which I. Or, but I also I mean, I'm sure that you all knew this already, but I also saw on the Wikipedia that on the TV cut of this movie, they credit him as Judas Booth. As like, as in Judas Iscariot from the Bible who mm. gave up Jesus and John Wilkes Booth who shot Lincoln. That is, that is fucking savage. I am going to definitely sign that as a pen name one of these Judas days. Like, That's Judas a great Booth. name for Hello. a fucking band. Hello, my name is Judas, Judas Booth. Yes, I believe you have my table. Like, <laughs> have they used... rad fucking band, man. Alan Smithy is a name that directors put on movies when they're like, I don't want my name on this. Has Judas Booth been used for other things, or is Not... it just the TV cut of this movie? I would have uh, also I like... have never heard it except for this movie, but uh no. If you if you Google Judas Booth, it comes out David Lynch, American filmmaker. Oh my god! Amazing. That's wild. So it's Amazing. like just this movie. That's crazy. Fuck. That's like so crazy. I think it's awesome. it's so it's so fascinating because like if you know Twin Peaks and the cast of Twin Peaks and you also know the cast of Blue Velvet, this is where they all met. This is like where Lynch met all of these people on this movie that This is an incredible sucks. cast. This, this cast is, is amazing. Yeah. We've got, you know, Patrick Stewart, we got like Jack Nance, who's like, of course, the second to Patrick Stewart in my brain because my brain is broken. Uh, you know, Kyle MacLachlan. You've got, uh, you know, Brad uh, Dorf. Brad Dorf. You have Virginia Madsen in an essentially non-speaking role, which is Max Van Sido. Yeah. Yeah, I got Max Van Sido who gets Sting. <laughs> Sting. He's Jose like, Ferreras in this movie too. This movie's fucking. Loaded, loaded, and, but like a lot of these pair characters, especially like the minor ones, those are people who Lynch would work with throughout the '80s and in into Twin Peaks, yeah. especially. And it's just really surprising that this is the movie where they all met. And I just think that's that that's a fascinating, and that's kind of again another thing of why this, um, I guess, this property is interesting because it just puts together really interesting creative people. Um, no matter what happens when you try to make this a reality, there is very interesting people who kind of get involved. Um, I'm amazed that the effects of the, the worms were done by Carlo Rambaldi, uh, who is like a super famous guy who, who did work on Alien, by the way. Um, but he, he had done like effects work for like everything. Like he was, do you know, De Laurentiis like main guy as far as like anything that needed special effects during that era. So he has his hands into everything. Um, weird thing. I was really interested about why this film was dedicated to, uh, a Dilo, like a, a D, one of Dilo De Laurentiis' brothers. Um, I just he died. Yeah, I, I assume he died. Um, but I was kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. I want to go back to Sophie bringing up Sting because he is atrocious in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but look at his. It does look great though. Blonde, it's blonde he is though, yoked. right? When he comes out in that like metallic nonsense, his name in this movie is Vade. Is that accurate? Fade. With an F. Or a D, V. Yeah, fade, like no, it's fade. like fade. It's Vade, right? V a like V a y d e or something. Hold on, talk amongst yourselves. All I was gonna say is I don't know if any of you have seen fade, the music. F e y d. Oh, fade. Okay. I thought I I thought it was yes. I thought it was fade. You're making that's, me question myself. I, right? I'm sitting here. I'm just like I, I was, was thinking Vader the whole time. That's my that's Vader. My For any of you that haven't seen, I mean. We're not even going to get into the fact that just Kanye has mental health issues and the whole thing. But, like, Kanye's music video for his song, Fade, I felt like it literally, as soon as they said 
Sting's name, I was like, oh, was Kanye inspired by, like, ripped-ass Sting in a, like, tiny Speedo? Because that's kind of the vibe of that whole video. Maybe. <laughs> I could see this as kind of being the sort of thing that fucking... Not the movie, maybe... I feel like... Just Kanye's the costume. Home, the the home, costume? No, he's yeah, probably Red Dune. He's yeah, probably the... into reading Dune. Like, this is the type of thing that, like... God, probably. Oh, God. So I found it out. So apparently Freder- Federico De Laurentiis was Dino De Laurentiis' son, and he died in 1981. Oh, that's super sad, dude. In in a collision with a between a small plane and another aircraft. So it was like a, <gasps> a, a collision of like an aircraft <gasps> collision. Oh, and, oh uh, that's yeah, awful. Yeah, so like it was uh, – it's like a pretty crazy – crazy uh scenario that happened so i was uh i guess that's why the, this was uh, d- uh devoted to him um which is yeah which is which is sad um because i think uh the one who was credited with the the producing uh, of this because this was a delo delo the company was delo delo but he was not actually the credited producer uh it was actually uh francesca delo which is uh his daughter so there you go. There you go. Um, you know what else looks pretty cool is um, the guild navigator at the beginning. Um, oh, you mean yeah, the that was interesting. Hole? Well, so he, uh, you, oh, this is not oh, explained. That's what that thing, okay, so that, that thing is the guild navigator. That's what that is. Called. Well, he's one of the guild navigators. So I have no it is now and forever going to be the talking butthole. So what's weird no about idea. that, what's weird about that is, so that he's... The guild navigators are people. What he's sitting in is like a room full of the, um, he's sitting in that little box, which is filled with that dust and that dust is spice. So the idea is they're people who breathe that drug in constantly and it's kind of mutated them and fucked them up. To like a fetus butthole? But in the, well, in the book, they're they're actually not they don't look like that that's straight out of the mind of fucking david lynch right so in the book they're not actually introduced they're rumored to be weird looking but they actually when they see them in the next book they look like normal people right um and then they're kind of in later books sort of mutated sort of people weird looking Mm -hmm. people but they don't look like the weird fucking thing that is shown in this movie at the beginning that's like but can we all agree that in this movie they look like talking buttholes that are oh, just like 100%. spewing smoke out of their mouth oh, yeah, it's 100%. wild yeah 100 percent. just like I, talking I, I, butt beak. yeah if your, but, if your butthole also had a face this is what it would look like <laughs> yeah in mine does okay <laughs> okay so you're here with book lore okay you're giving me all the book lore what in the fuck was up with the cat thing what in the so in the movie in the movie okay so I just gotta to explain it to anyone who has not seen it. He had to milk. I think again that's a David uh, Lynch thing. Like I don't. There think... is a scene where the Baron and uh, you know I think it's Sting. They're walking down to a guy yes. they have prisoner, Fame. and yeah. as they're going bet down, they have a cat in what is not a cat carrier. It is like a cat. <laughs> that's your main concern. It's not. A cat it's like carrier. a horrific harness. Yeah, it's like a terrific harness. The cat is not happy. And then as we get closer, it turns out that cat is taped to a rat. Okay, I guess. That's that's interesting. And then there's a man who is, uh, you know, he's got his little heart plug in now, and he's about to be p- captured. And the Baron is like, the only way for you to survive is You've to been poisoned. this cat with the poison. Right, because he's been poisoned and the, the milk of the cat. Um, is the antidote? I get, and I get, and I feel like if you're gonna if you're, if you're gonna theorize the whole or the theory, semen of the cat, guess, it may be the semen. The whole theory, I guess, is a point. Uh, apparently, without explanation, is that uh, <laughs> the cats cats get milk by chasing rats because that's what they do, and that's how they I don't get think milk. that's how that works. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, what other reason is the rat fucking sitting there right next to the, the cat? Rat the emotional support animal for the cat. Well, the question becomes if it is milk from the, the cat. Because the cat is totally sitting there right? like, hey, bro, like. Okay, but you can't, you can't milk this? a cat. You have never, Again, there's this no is, way to milk We don't milk know what kind of evolution takes place on this planet. Yeah. He lied. But, he lied. 
There was, but this isn't I, on Earth, okay? <laughs> this could be a, spa- a milking space cat. And the thing is, though, we do know milking only animals cat. that are pregnant milking can give space milk, cat right? Milking space cat would also be a great name for a band. Okay, okay. The cat had no bottom. That, the cat had no legs. He had legs? He had legs? I did not see any legs. They were hanging out of a terrible harness. Well, my question is, you can only produce milk while pregnant, right? So what happens when the cat gives birth? Does he have to re-impregnate the cat himself? Because the, 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 the rat is there to impregnate the cat. <laughs> the rat's there. <laughs> yes. The where we all learn that Jason says milk. Oh, yes. Yes, I do say milk. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, milk. <laughs> You've got to milk the cat. That's what it says. Uh-huh. Oh, God. So I didn't like the fact that that was the most disturbing thing you took from that, Sophie. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying I'm gonna start saying milk and see how long it takes for somebody to be like, dude, do you need help? I I think milk is way way grosser thing to say than milk. (laughs) No, milk is horrible. You have to. (laughs) Okay, so why milk is gross in general? So there's no there's no cats in the books. There's no cats in the books. I don't recall. Maybe there is. Maybe that thing happens. Nope. I don't recall it. I I mean, quite honestly, again, it's been like 20 years. Um, maybe that does happen specifically. I don't recall that happening. So what's I up with the dog? Like, then? No, I, I mean, I feel like this is a David Lynch invention, but I'm not like the talking butthole, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I could be mistaken. I, about I mean, in, Poison's in a world like a thing where there's a talking butthole, there is also just milk hmm. cats. The... <laughs> Oh, no, yes, okay. it definitely is a thing, because I just, I looked okay, it up. Cool. I right, looked I'm it mistaken. up. Uh, no, 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 it, it was made up for the movie, because okay. it was like, it, it was in a, and it was in a thing, an article called Crazy Things Lynch Added to Dune. <laughs> how many, how many people sued the movie because they were like, I felt like I was poisoned, and then I milked my cat, and I did not feel any better. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Because you didn't add the support rat. I milked my cat and I did not feel any better. (laughs) Guys, can we talk about how crazy it is? Somebody added a question online. We were like, (laughs) okay, the fucking cat and rat locked up in some BDSM torture machine thing? What is fucking going on there? Yeah. Can we talk about how crazy... In the, sorry, in, don't go ahead. I'm sorry. The dogs, though, are the doggies in the in the book? Because everyone has dogs. Yeah, like, I mean that's like a thing about like rich people, right? Like the little dogs. Like that's a, you know what I but mean. But they seem like special because like he was like you know well, yeah. Patrick Stewart's going to war with the little dog. Yeah, because they all like you know it's a sign of um, affluency, right? The little dogs that like the lap dogs. You know what I mean. So, can we talk about how um, this story, and it happens in the book as well, I believe, how, how um, because of when it was written, how often they use the word jihad for how they're going to, like... Jihad, to jihad work. did not hit my, jihad did not hit my radar. The word that hit my radar multiple times was concubine. <laughs> Yeah. Which I was constantly like, okay, that's where we're at yeah. now. A lot of, I'm a lot sorry, of, a lot of suicide bombing. Yeah, concubine suicide bombing. Like, there's a lot of things yeah. that I was kind of like, oh, you know, you know, doing this is a little. I don't know. I mean, really, thing. if you take the analogy to like the oil and think of the United States as being one of these fucking houses that's like fucking over this right. desert planet, okay, it but really then you... sort of. But then you look um, at it as it's like textbook white savior. Oh, yeah, like a for white sure. man shows for up sure, and is yes. like, oh, I don't have yes. blue eyes, but I'm really magical. And my mom That's also has a true. sister that she's yeah. just going to magically birth. And the sister is going to have a weird fucking voice and just be like, you do what I say. I'm a small child. And That's I'm like, ah, directly from the book. Try yeah. to shoot it. But then someone says, but, but so what if up, you take so what's up with the, the Benny Jesuit witches or whatever? Well, they are, um, they're, like, doing this breeding program to try to produce, like, a super being, so, um, (laughs) they are, um... You know, like you do. Yeah, I mean, it's really supposed to be talking about, um... Selective breeding, you know? Um, and they're trying not to breed a a man, really. Um, I mean, hey, man. So... In 2020, (laughs) they're probably having the right right call, right? (laughs) So she kind of... 
it's all it's sort of weird she does like i'm gonna have give birth to a boy right which is i don't know how she selects that or whatever but that's what happens right um but when she does give birth to the daughter she is like this incredibly powerful like adult in child form right his sister is incredibly um in the book as well is like incredibly powerful um also all all that like voice stuff that happens in this is not like how that works in the book really by the way um like i said it's sort of just like a martial art is the way it's kind of um laid out in the books are you referring to the the like how early on weirding uh, uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character has that uh, that gal that's like speaking to him in a very specific voice and telling her to, telling no, him. No, no, I mean, I, I mean Kyle McLaughlin being able to use like words like it's fucking Skyrim. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's like an invention as well. The movie, I'm very sure of that. Because um, at the end, where he's like, "I can kill you with a word" or whatever. I, w- I want to go back to what Andrew was saying before about the white savior. It It's true in this movie. That's definitely true. You have to understand the line of the book is essentially what you have is a guy who's a white savior that's tricking these people. And he's just as bad as everyone else in the long run. Right. Right. That's sort of the idea of the story. So, yeah, that's true. But he's also just a white dude claiming to be a messiah that he's ultimately not. Right? right, but then there's still the fact of that he takes advantage, and now he's yeah, well, still that's the power. idea, though. Right, yeah, but I know, idea. but like yeah. it's 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 still like oh, he duped these guys. Like it's still like it's still well, people fall for so, fucking that shit in the real world too, right? Like, well, they it, do, but it's normally yeah. like rednecks. It's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs> no, I mean, you know, people fall for that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, they call him the Mo- Moadib, right? They like, um. You know, in the movie, I think it's more problematic because, you know, as the books go along, it's kind of about the lineage and how the lineage is also shit. And it gets more and more complicated and more disgusting and all that stuff, right? So that's, you know, that's the story, really. Right, right. Interesting, interesting. (laughs) Is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) You will find white dudes on the internet. I'm gonna who love to talk about Dune. Yeah, I know. And I'm they're sure. fucking annoying uh, as fuck. No, you know what? Okay, look, look, look. I don't want to. If you're a fan of Dune and you're listening to this, like that, I'm not. Pooping. As I am. I honestly, I honestly would be interested in somebody trying to tell me what they see in it and how it and how it matters to them, right? Because I don't want to just be a a constant shitting machine um like those little butthole things that rule the world in this movie yeah, I mean, um but um you know i i uh i, I just want to say that it just doesn't work for me like a- everything you're talking about like I, I i think that like had you just said it in the real world then it would all work for me and i don't know why the extra added layer of um sci-fi just kind of makes it all a little murky um, because especially when it's talking about, you know, different cultures, but really in the movie and probably in the book as well as really all the white people. And it's just like, uh, you know, they're talking about power structures, but they're never really dealing with, you know, race and, and, and things like that. Like, it seems like they're just like, ah, yes, the only thing that matters is wealth. But it's like, there's a lot, a lot of different things going on there. Well, this just strikes me as like a, this very much strikes me as one of those instances where someone makes a movie out of a property that has too much going on to distill it into a film. Like everything that Jason is saying about the book makes the book sound infinitely more interesting. It just felt like this movie, even though it's long and the pacing is very erratic. It just feels like it can't, no matter what they do, it can't tell the story that the book told because there just isn't right. time, right? Like, you just right. can't you just can't express all that. I don't know. I, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. We're totally in lockstep. Like, I think, and structurally, this story is sort of what Andrew's saying, too. Structurally, you've seen this story a million times, right? Right structurally it's the nuances and the like ideas and things like that that make the book worth reading in my opinion 
not for Andrew, obviously, but for anyone who would find the book worth reading, it would not be the structure that makes it interesting, right? It would be the um, the depths and the ins and outs and the power structure and all of those things um, and the ideas and how they're implemented that makes it interesting, which doesn't make for good filmmaking, right? Like, that's not what film is good for. Right. Are you going to that, can... <laughs> Jason, can you explain to me what's happening in the beginning when Patrick Stewart and Kyle McLaughlin fight and they turn into, like, weird blocks? Yeah, it looks really weird. Um, that yeah, is sort of was it described as, like, you're playing N64 and that's how you fight in the, in the books? <laughs> how dare you? Oh yeah, N64 even looked better than that. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go to E. Um, what's happening there is they have like shields. Basically, it just looks really fucking weird. Okay, they have like personal shields and like quick like, fast strikes. Um, or what would you look like long, if slow, you froze yourself? Penetrations in, in ice. Uh, slided. What? <laughs> what's that? Uh, or what, it's it's what you would look like if you froze yourself before you got into a fight. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And so wait, Jason, say again. It's like strikes <clears throat> will not penetrate the shield, but slow ones will. Correct. Okay. What? That's why. What? That's why that's so when stupid. Duncan gets killed. Well, yeah, but that's it. That's why Duncan. They have that thing they shoot at him. His friend Duncan. And it like slowly moves across the screen, and it penetrates his like field. The fuck is Duncan? That's his. The dude that's his friend that gets murdered, and he's like, "Oh no, Duncan!" What? It never comes up again, though. That's why it's a little weird for it to even be a thing. Well, like the abandoned ship. He doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, that whole like block shield thing. It does. I just told you when it comes back up again when it's Duncan. Well, it happens, okay, again, it happens it. when Duncan dies, but that's it. It's yeah. like Duncan yeah, yeah, Donut yeah. fights the Dutz, and then we're supposed to be real <laughs> sad. And then and I, yeah, there's, that I completely checked out of this at some point. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? There's a ton of ideas that can't really ever come to fruition necessarily because there's so much there's stuff, There's too right? much. Yeah, there's too much, right? Um, yeah. Uh, do we think the acting is good in this movie? Uh, well, Can I ask you that question. Do you think Kyle good. McLaughlin is good in this movie? It's David no. Lynch acting no. in a movie that is not by not not in his world, like that he created, so it doesn't work, right? Like it's like uh, it's like how for for me, um, a lot of Yorgos Lanthimos uh, movies don't their performances don't work in the English language, and you know, and so that a lot of his movies now don't really work for me. Like, so I didn't like Kill of the Sacred Deer, for example, but I that's that different. Um, yeah, because you're always picking your children, there's which one to murder. Well, where I did this all the time. All the time. It's like, wait, don't up, spoil like, the movie for me. I like a lot. That's just a lot the, that's the whole point of the movie is that he's got to kill one of them. I didn't say which one. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's none. Anyways, um, <laughs> I will never. Too, I will never watch this movie. So spoil it as much as you want. Well, anyways, uh, okay. So okay. So yeah. So I don't know how to talk about the acting in this. Oh fucking hell, my cat. It's not good. Just, yeah. Which is worse, Cal McLaughlin in Dune or Cal McLaughlin in Showgirls? Uh, that's hard. Dude. Do you want me to be the guy that sits here? What is this? happening? <laughs> Andrew's being murdered by his cat right now. He tried to milk the cat, and the cat didn't like it because the cat didn't have its emotional support. I mean, and this is what happens when you say milk. <laughs> I will continue to say milk. And then this is where I come in and say, I've never fucking seen Showgirls. And because... never do it. Never do it. You don't need to do Showgirls. You don't. No, don't. You don't need to go down that route. Cal McLaughlin comes in this podcast with in that these movie. nerds. After. Elizabeth Berkeley jumps in his lap and whips her hair around. Kyle McLaughlin comes in his pants. And afternoon. then they fucking a Zach Morris probably like did that too. Be dead. It's like the most <laughs> violent and unsexy fuck I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, so wait, I don't think uh, so Zach Morris. Though, Zach Morris is basically Slater. Uh, 
blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying, Zach Morris is basically like the textbook example of someone you don't want in power, right? Like who like tricks people and gets in power. So it's basically <laughs> Saved by the Bell is Saved by the Dune. So. Wow. <laughs> you know what? What though? if Kyle McLaughlin had played Zach Morris? It would be a better show. For no, sure. it would be Mark Paul Gosler, but. Does anyone I, I don't know I, that he was as great when he was young. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I, I. I don't know what's going on right now, but I. I... <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Dune, the movie. What did you uh, bring it back around, Luke? <laughs> exactly. I don't know what's going on in fucking Dune. Fucking uh, <clears throat> Saved by the Bell. Also, just why is anybody wasting their fucking time with Saved by the Bell anymore? Like it's. <laughs> Has anyone seen the new reboot of Saved by the Bell? I mean, I did it. Uh, is it out? It's I don't not, know. It's, in the area, it's not right? out yet. I, I have no idea. Oh yeah, Sophie. There's a new Save by the Bell with Mark Paul Gossler. Oh, I sent, playing I sent, Mayor Zach Morris. I sent. <laughs> I sent Jason the the trailer. And um, and and that is what we call the sequel to Dune. Uh, that's what happens when you you know you round up a whole bunch of mixtrients and you take power and become mayor. Um, so the sequel. The, the Zach sequel. Morris becomes Supreme Court mayor, <laughs> Supreme yeah. Court judge Zach Morris. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, there's some pretty wah. bad ones. So, I mean, Honestly, I would um, rather Zach Morris in Supreme Court than half of the court we have now. Everybody yeah. in the yeah. Saved by the Bell remake looks exactly like the people in the Saved by the Bell because they don't have any interest in being like, this is a new class. No, we just want you to think about old Saved by the Bell. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go into a save, uh, continue to go down this road. Okay, okay but really quick, wait, Andrew, really quick, before we leave the Saved by the Bell rabbit hole, I just have to say two sentences. When I was in college, I was on student productions, one sentence. Second sentence, we went to whatever the fucking convention is called where like people who do college entertainment show up to try to get you. NACA. NACA. We went to NACA. <laughs> And uh, the principal from Saved by the Bell was there, and he was basically like, yeah. And he was like, if you pay me, I'll come to your college and do an event. And it's like, nobody now wants that. It was like the saddest thing. I would pay Belding to come on this I don't think even the Saved by the Bell remake was like, hey, we'll pay Belding to come back. I am not. You would have Belding on this podcast? No, Jason, not on this podcast. like a sad creep. <laughs> would you, if you were booking an event for a college in 2009, <laughs> would you book Principal <laughs> Belding? Uh, what? Would I? Of course, Jason students? would because would he'd be I? like, a yeah, of course. Dollars? Jason, I would pay him $3,000. Jason would be like, yes, you are like the Benny Jesuit witch of Saved by the Bell. Please come and. Do we, do, we, do we think that Principal Belding has a cameo account because he needs to make an appearance on Jason's podcast at this point? Oh my God, I bet he does. I hope so because I would just be like, hey, here's a line reading from Dune. I want you to, to speak about paint. You guys should remind me. Remind me when we're done recording to tell you about how I got the worst cameo for my birthday. <laughs> okay, so what's everyone's final thoughts so we can get to that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, Luke, what are your final thoughts on this movie? Uh, my final thoughts are I don't hate this movie because it brought us all together again. Aww. And that's my favorite thing. Aww. And But also, like, yeah, I'm never watching this movie ever again. <laughs> Fair. Jason, what did you think of this film? Uh, this is a terrible, terrible movie. I think um, there's stuff there if you want to read the book. I would just say, unless you want to get really fucking high um, and watch something really weird, there's no reason to watch this. But, so, there's even better movies to do that. We we so, recommend so. Uh, safe dust usage in uh, in our podcast. Oh, yeah, shit. Whatever. It's spice. Uh, shit. We spice. recommend uh, <laughs> safe spice usage uh, when... Uh, Dust is gonna be Denny Denny Villeneuve's version of Spice. It's gonna be oh like, my no, god, he's dust. gonna like he's gonna like change it. He's gonna <laughs> be like woke or something. Yeah, you gotta get the woke in your vein or something. <laughs> Check the woke. It's just gonna be an undescribable thing, kind of like the language in Arrival, where it's gonna be like it's just this thing nobody understands it. We just need it. 
<laughs> he's gonna be doing, they're going to be doing fucking uh, holding up whiteboards to the sandworms and fucking drawing shit on them. <laughs> he who controls the woke controls the election. Like, that's uh, that's what the Republicans think. Right oh, now. God. Um, oh, no. So, uh, Sophie, what are your final thoughts? And do you think your country can come back to this place? <laughs> that's quite an answer. That's quite a question. Rude. The answer is no to what when you just said. To the movie, when it comes to the movie, I can't put it any better than Luke, so I'm just going to leave it there. And um, when it comes to the election, you know, we uh, America didn't pick Trump again, although they came danger- we came dangerously close, and we still have a lot of work to do. And they're still trying to make it as though we picked him. Right. right. I'd say about this they're just blaming all movie? the penny Jesuit witches. So, yes, Jason, what are your final thoughts? I, I mean, with Sophie, like, it's just great to see Patrick Stewart in something, you know? Yeah! I love that fucking oh, man. my God, and I almost forgot to say in my final thoughts that, like, this movie was kind of a slog to get through, but, like, was almost worth it to see Kyle McLaughlin's butt in that weird space suit. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see him hug fucking Kyle McLaughlin. That, that part, that, that. Ooh, that yeah, that nice. that's a new kink I didn't know I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and try and try to fight to the death for him too at the end. Yeah, yeah. as Roblox, I'm in. He's kind of good in this movie, actually. If He's somebody like, could make me well, a super cut do of just Patrick Stewart and Kyle McLaughlin in this movie, that's that's what I would like. I don't need to watch mm. this again, but I would watch that a lot, and that's like fair. I would forget to turn off my Zoom camera. You get it. On the other hand, you can <laughs> always just watch that that TNG episode oh, no. where fucking Patrick yeah. Stewart's hanging around in just those short shorts on the fucking beach with his legs crossed. I, I just like how instead. Jason just like quickly got away from the Zoom in with Tubin talk. <laughs> I'm done with Tubin. Everyone's <laughs> done with Tubin. So is Everyone's New Yorker's done with Tubin. Too. <laughs> oh, not not men having hot takes on Twitter, that's for sure. Yeah. They're still on this bunch. Anyway, so uh, Jason, what are your final thoughts? I already got mine. Oh, perfect. You know what? Uh, my final thoughts is I want to hear what this cameo story is. So uh, thank you and have a good day. If you like us, you can uh, rate us on five stars or whatever on Milk Chicks and Mimosas, uh, you Whoa. know, on Patreon. They're, we're there as well. Milk Chicks and Mimosas at gmail.com. Anyways, I'm going to hear the story now. Bye.